we were fully in support of that uh, single issue bill. Um, all it simply did was remove the exemption for schools and libraries to be distributing pornography to our children. And so um, all was well until last week. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. If you're new to the program, welcome. I'm Amber Archer. This show is a behind the scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. You can learn more about our ministry and help support our mission by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. And if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you'll likely remember the name Rhonda Miller. Rhonda Miller is president of Purple for Parents Indiana, and she joins me today to give us an update of what's starting to happen at the Indiana State House as the 2022 legislative session begins. Rhonda, thank you for being with me this morning. Good morning, Amber. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to join you. Yes. So could you just give people a quick overview of your organization, Purple for Parents Indiana, and let people know what it is that you do? Sure. So uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization that has been um, educating Hoosiers across the state of Indiana on educational matters, uh, standing up for parental rights and protections of children in the classroom, mainly focusing on um, the pornographic content, the social emotional learning programs, and the CRT that's being taught in the schools. So we inform, advocate, and engage uh, for Hoosiers to get involved in their local communities and their school boards and then their classrooms. So Mark was in, in, in Indianapolis last year with you guys documenting the efforts of organizations like yours to repeal the obscenity exemptions that schools and public libraries have. And this is how so much of the graphic sex ed is allowed in our kids' school classrooms, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, so tell me what's what's happening this legislative session. We had, I, I remember we were sharing with people um, the Indiana Bill SB 17, which was repealing that obscenity exemption. So What's going on? So, yes. So Senator Toms uh, committed to reauthoring SB or or obstinacy exemption uh, to repeal it. And it's for 2022. The bill number was SB 17. Mm -hmm. And um, we were fully in support of that uh, single issue bill. Um, All it simply did was remove the exemption for schools and libraries to be distributing pornography to our children. And so um, all was well until last week. Um, And what happened is, you know, we had worked really hard the last 10 months educating Hoosiers across the state on what was happening with this. Um, The books that were coming in through the schools that are being used and sometimes in the classrooms as as assignments, the extreme pornographic content in them. And parents were rising up and they were doing the research on their own and they were finding their books. So they were Mm -hmm. sending all of this stuff to their legislators and, you know, and asking them to do something about it. And so that is what SB 17 was meant to do. So what happened last week was while we were on vacation, I started getting notifications saying that leadership, the GOP leadership had decided to pull this legislation from Senator Tom's and insert it and our army and support into SB 167, which is a weak bill um, addressing educational matters. um, And there are some very concerns that we have. And so um, they're fast tracking this bill. It will be heard Wednesday morning at 1030. Um, That's when committee starts. And so they are taking testimony. We we will have many people with us uh, to testify bill itself and addressing our concerns and what we have um, the issues with, mainly because they did not 
stand alone, SB 17, and let it be heard um, as a single issue bill that would have given an up and down vote on where legislatures stand on obscenity for our minors. And so you said this was SB 167 that they're they've taken um, SB 17, the obscenity exemption repeal, and they've put this into 167. That is correct. And people can go and read this information at iga.in.gov, correct? That's correct. Okay. So what do we what do we do from here? How do we how 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 do we get involved? People who are listening, especially here in Indiana, what is it that we need to be doing now? Because it sounds like can do you know much about um SB 167 that you can can speak to that bill and why why it's not enough? Yes, we've had actually several team members that have been dissecting 167. Um, and we've been working with some other organizations across the state um, who have the same same concerns we do. So in essence, 167, um, in its meek attempt to address some of these educational issues, creates um, committees in these uh, school board communities that these committees are comprised of different entities within the community. For, it's a 40-40-20 split, 40 uh, percent uh, set up with parents, teachers, and whatnot. But the problem we have with these committees is, first of all, they are um, they're going to be controlled by the school boards. Oh, okay. So time out. We've seen how that's been working well. Yes, we've we've seen firsthand <laughs> how these committees work and how the school boards stack them against the parents and what and what they want. So that is a major objection we have uh, because the school boards can handpick. You get these numerous tyrannical school boards that we've seen across the state um, that are treating parents with disdain, um, you you put them in charge of these committees and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so these committees then are supposed to be um, advisory committees, if you will, on curricular activities, uh, the curriculum that's being used. And so they will uh, recommend to the superintendent along with the school board, what can and cannot be used. Um, and then the problem we see in that also is is that they are then allowed to determine what materials the parents can opt in or opt out of, which itself is controversial. Either you opt in to the stuff, or you or you opt out. So, but they're going to they're going to decide for the parents which which way they can go, and that's a major concern we have with the bill. Also. Another problem is that there are no penalties or fines for teachers who um, go rogue. And we've seen that time and time again. And we've seen defiance among teachers who are determined they're going to teach this stuff regardless of what Mm -hmm. um, anybody tells them and any laws that are passed. So they show up on your Facebook news feed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So they're singing tunes. (laughs) So there are, there are, um, Penalties, strong penalties and, and fines that were put into a House bill that will actually there will be two bills with it, one of them being HB 1040. And so the AG's office had control of um, or not control, but um, the fines re- were pretty stiff on teachers that going rogue. That would stop it. In, S- in SB 167, what they did is we were told early on there would be no penalties or fines to teachers, which is why we didn't support the bill. Anyway, and then they mm-hmm. they pulled the stunt of putting SB 17 in it to help with their support. So what? Right, there's still no consequences, right? So what 
happens then in SB 167 is that parents can uh, file uh, an appeal or a, a complaint, if you will. Um, they're supposed to put the complaint form up online. Parents can file that with the principal. The principal then has um, 10 days, I think it is, to decide what he's going to do. And then it can be appealed to the next level up. So what happens, these all extra layers of, of appeals that parents have is a, is a, is a cumbersome process for a okay, parent. And, and this is very similar to the process of getting the dirty library books out of the school libraries. This is the frustration that parents are coming up against is this, this lengthy process. And even after you show them all the evidence, they still go against you and leave these books on the shelf saying it's educational material. That's that's 100% correct. So what this does is it just drags it out and it annoys the parents in hopes that they'll give up. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, by the time a child's, the, the curriculum's been used, then, you know, by the time you go through this appeals process, the complaint process, and then you take action civilly, um, good luck trying to find a lawyer or a, or an attorney to actually do that. Yeah. Um, but then then you got the whole legal process on top of all the time you've spent waiting through this complaint process. So right. And the then, damage is already done. The child's already been exposed to the curriculum and already been taught. Right. So then you wait through the court system, which, you know, we know the courts are corrupt as well. So what are the chances that you're going to come out on the winning side? Not likely. Um, and it'll be likely, unlikely that it'll even get out of the first rounds of appeals in some of the instances that we have seen. So that part's deeply disturbing. Um, there's also a stipulation in there where when they put uh, this advisory uh, board, I think is, is um, responsible for helping to get stuff up online, the, the parent portal that um, they have access to for the curriculum that will be used. Um, there's also a, a loophole, if you will, in it that gives teachers the ability to use curriculum that is not approved, is not um, gone through the process. Um, and they have within five days after using it to put it up online. So is this, are you talking about the supplemental materials that we talked about in the Mind Polluters? We're talking about any of the materials. Not just supplemental materials, any of the materials. They're supposed to now be putting stuff up online according to this bill. But here's the kicker. None of this kicks in until 2023. So why the delay? Why? Oh, the del my goodness. What in the world? Yeah. So, so the major issues that we have with this, this weak piece of legislation, um, they now have basically blackballed, if you will, or I like to use the word black blackmailed using SB 17 and the massive support that we had and put it into 167 to make sure this bill passes. So, so where do Hoosiers go from here? What, uh, what, what's the plan now? I mean, so because we, if we, if we can't support this, what, what is it? What is it? Where do we go? Well, and that's, that's the thing. That's what leadership is banking on. Um, mm -hmm. that this is the, the perplexity that they put us in. So we're still asking them to remove uh, SB 16 or 17 and give it a standalone vote. Let it be heard. Let the, let the people speak on this issue. Mm -hmm. Do not combine it. Do not muddy the waters. They have time 
Um, I know it's a short session and that's one of the excuses they're using as to why they inserted it in this bill. I think it was, I think there were many other reasons why they did it, um, but that's one of the excuses that they're using. And they inserted it into this bill because of time. They have time. They could have made obscenity exemption a priority and they chose not to do it. They mm-hmm. chose to manipulate the system and manipulate the support of our people who are livid over what they're finding in order to push through this piece of legislation that has some very, very concerning perspectives. So what we've been telling people to do is, is email and call Senator Rotz and Senator Bray. Those two have the leadership positions to stop this nonsense and tell them to pull out SB 17 and give it a fair hearing. Yeah. And so, and you guys, I will leave their emails in the show notes. So if you are a Hoosier here in Indiana and would love to join in this effort and try to get the obscenities out of our schools properly, um, I'll leave those email links for you guys. So, so what's, what's on the agenda for 2022? For purple for parents. So this will be a main focus now that session starts tomorrow is, is, you know, watching the, these numerous bills that are coming through. Um, some of them have been brought to our attention. We have not had a chance to dissect them all because we, we've got thrown this major curveball, um, you know, at the last minute. So that is our major focus on uh, for the next two months, as well as getting the showings of the mind polluters out. So we have many <laughs> things. I wasn't even going to mention that. We have many, many screens of that scheduled in January and my phone's been blowing up with more. So I can't wait um, to get that a little closer to Indianapolis uh, specifically because in the end of that film, these legislatures are called out for what they've done with obscenity. And this year they're just adding to it. (laughs) Yeah. So, so interesting. So I'm going to ask you about it since you brought it up because I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not sitting here looking for anybody to say, Hey, you're doing a great job or anything like that. But so you've held multiple screenings of the mind polluters now, and we've attended, we've attended a couple, but I want people to hear how, how is it going on the ground for you? And what's been the reaction after you've shown the film? The way it's going on the ground is people are pretty excited about it. Um, We had, of course we had to deal with the holidays, but the people who have seen it, um, have in, in twice two instances they've rebooked showings to bring in a bigger crowd um, after mm-hmm. the holidays because the film it leaves them shocked it leaves them uh, very very angry um, at what has been taking place and what is happening and very eye opening so it sent it sent this um, the people on a, a, a trail to start doing their own research mm-hmm. and uncovering the facts of what had been happening so it's. It's very, very powerful. You and Mark did a, a fantastic job with this film. And that's that's high praises. I mean, everywhere we've shown it, they're like, that is a very well done documentary. So kudos to you and Mark. Um, well, thanks. The- well, it means we hit our mission. Educate, motivate, inspire. <laughs> exactly. <what> do. <laughs> exactly. So kudos to you for doing that. So, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to getting that a little closer to Indianapolis so that we can um, expose the legislatures for what they're what they did last year. And then we can continue to expose what they're doing now 
Um, because one of the things that's addressed in that film is the social emotional learning, which we are now calling um, radical progressive social emotional learning, um, because they can't argue that that's exactly what it is. So this bill 167 doesn't address really social emotional learning and the eradication of it. Um, Mm -hmm. So your children are still going to be mind controlled, mind manipulated, um, psychologically manipulated to conform to what the government decides they need to conform to. And, um, you know, as we're going away from academic curriculum and more towards social, emotional, emotional learning, it's, it's still very, very scary. And I was told yesterday that um, they will not be going after social, emotional learning to eradicate it. We're going to just chip away at it. Um, That was disturbing because there's, there's too many dollars attached to that. Yep. Yep. And those dollars also funnel into our legislators' bank accounts, um, as we know. And so they're all, it's all corrupt. The whole, the whole system is corrupt. Um, and our children are paying the price. And these legislators overwhelmingly supported social emotional learning into statute in 2019. And now uh, the requirements into uh, standards come in through the employability skills that all of our high schools have to have, high schoolers have to have before they graduate. So they've now bedrocked bedrocked in social emotional learning into the standards. It was coming through cultural competencies, which is referred to in 167, which is disturbing because that's how it was being incorporated into the schools. Now it's coming through the employability standards and it'll just be a matter of time before it's incorporated into all of the standards. And unfortunately, the Indian Department of Education has decided to take a lot of their information down off their website to hide it from parents. Mm -hmm. And so nobody really knows um, what the... um, Department of Education is doing behind the scenes with your children and their and their curriculum. And many people, you know, are upset about the fact that, and rightfully so, that the Secretary of Education is now controlled by Governor Holcomb, who we all know is compromised as well. So that is a major concern that we have um, in dealing with these pieces of legislation that are coming through, especially this year. So who's up for um, election or re-election this year? People need to be aware of. You know, I, I honestly, I know people are keeping a list. I have not delved into that. I will tell you that there's um, there's there's an effort to target some of these individuals, and rightfully so. They need to be replaced. They need to be outed. Leadership in particular, Senator Bray and Senator or, uh, Speaker Houston. I think I think Speaker Houston's up for re-election this year. I think. Uh, Bray waits until 2024, I think. But if we replace the legislators and not the leadership, we're going to end up back in the same boat. I don't know if you saw my video that I posted late last night that is causing quite a stir, um, exposing what happens in caucus. And that is that is done by Houston and Bray. And if you don't tow the line, you can go watch the video to figure out what they do with you. Yeah, um, I'll leave a link to, to that for people to watch. Yeah, it's disturbing. And so if we don't if we don't take care of leadership, then it's going to be tough going. I kudos to those who want to step up and run, but you better have some real courage. Well, and I think another thing, too, is there is always the option to homeschool your kids and take your kids out of the system. Um, The IAHE, Indiana Association of Home Educators here in Indiana is a great resource. And I've had Tara Bentley on this program before, and I'll be sure to leave a link to her, her podcast as well. Cause it was really informational and good because Indiana is one of the most free 
states for homeschooling. That's true. And as we're watching the stunts that are being pulled at the state house already, it just cements in that the parents are not going to have any other choice. They don't have any other choice now. If they really want to save their children, right. they have to pull them out. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we tell them after we show them the film too, is this is how bad it's gotten. And there's no turning it back. These legislators have basically laughed in your face and said, we're not going to do what you want us to do. We're going to do what leadership tells us we're going to do. And right. you're either going to compromise and, and comply or we or take not. things away. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's, <sighs> it's extremely frustrating, um, especially in to find out we're, you know, we're having to deal with this in America in a free country, yeah. a, a free society that we are being controlled through tyrannical measures in order to comply. And that's, that's communism. Well, yeah. And, it, and it's all directed to the youth. It's, it's directed, right? Slap dab square at the kids. I mean, yeah. the kids are the targets. Ugh. Right. And they, they, they're not going to go after the adults um, unless you're a legislator, of course, then they mind, mind control, manipulate you, but um, they're not going after you and I necessarily. Um, they're going after the kids because they know they can mold the minds of the children. That's why um, we no longer, you know, really do academics, true academics. We are now manipulating their minds so that we can create a Marxist revolution to direct us right to communism. Yeah. Well, Rhonda, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to tell the audience? A listening audience, what can they do? They need to get involved. They need to start watching these bills um, and you need to read them very, very closely and find the loopholes and find the dangers hidden within them. Don't take the talking points of the supporters of the bills. Dissect them and, and really start letting your legislators know how disappointed you are in the fact that they are not willing to eradicate radical, progressive, social, emotional learning. Right. And, it, and it's just an, e- I mean, just an email. Simply yep. sending an email can send a message. Yep. An email, phone call. If you have your cell phone numbers of your legislators, send them a text. Overwhelm them. I mean, you've got to stay on them. They're getting overwhelmed by opposition, which is one of the reasons why we're in a situation we're in. We don't mm-hmm. we don't put up the same fight that the left does. And the left is very good at this. And unfortunately, many times, as uh, Attorney General Todd Rakita said just a few weeks ago, we are not only fighting the left, but we're fighting enemies within. And so mm-hmm. you have to really have a lot of discernment um, on who your true friends are and who your um, enemies are, even within our own camp. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I so appreciate it as session starts tomorrow because this podcast will come out on Tuesday and session starts. So we look forward to having you on again so we can stay up to date with what's happening down at the State House. I look forward to it. Thanks, Amber. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Rhonda.